They need to hear that. That's the voice of grace. They need to hear about all of the social inadequacies they feel. Boy, this is the big deal at this age. Because you just want to be liked, don't you? You just want to be accepted. How many kids do you see pitiful little things rolling around? They just want somebody to like them, you know? And they'll just do practically anything. Do you remember this age? You gauged what, what you wanted, the group that you wanted to like you, and you started to dress like they if you, could, if you could afford it. You, you wanted to dress like they dressed. You wanted to talk like they talked. You wanted to just hang around and listen long enough to get what they were talking about and kind of chime in, you know? And, and there's this kind of this little pitiful thing, you know, where Satan's coming soon. You want people to follow you, you know? You just got to gotta jump off a bill. You got to make yourself know. You got to have, you know? And there's this sense of inferiority. Oh, please like me. You know what they need to hear at this age? They need to have a parent who will say to them, now listen, who will reverse the table. Don't say, you know, how, you know how to be liked? I'll tell you how you can get people to like you. The game is never to get people to like you. Jesus was our model. Jesus didn't come down here to be liked. Jesus didn't come down here to be popular. Sometimes he was popular, sometimes he wasn't. What was the venue of Jesus? Jesus came down to serve. He came down because he had something to give, something that people needed. And thereby, he became a leader for many by serving them. Now watch this. You remember last week when I told you that every kid has a uniqueness about them that is a strength. And th in other words, every kid, when, when we said train up a child in the way he should go, I said not only do they have a strength within them right now, but you can almost predict their spiritual gift on down the line because they've just got this niche, you know? If you begin to nurture in your kid at this age, look, the game isn't whether or not, to be, whether or not you're liked. The game is who can you give to? Who can you serve? What have you got to offer? Then they start to think, I'm not on the receiving end. I'm on the giving end. It's a whole different mentality. Now, they still have to understand that some Sometimes people will want what they have, and sometimes people won't. It's, it happened with Jesus. The words, follow me, did not always get a positive response from Jesus. He got, he got a positive response from the disciples, but he said those exact same words to the rich young ruler. And what happened? Rich young ruler just went away, sad, you know, because it, it meant that he would have to give up too much. Well, your kids need to learn the first fundamental rule of leadership. All of you, I, I'll save all of you a big heartache this morning. You memorize this with me, and you understand this, and it'll save you heartache for the rest of your life. You never spend a lot of time trying to get people to like you or to follow you. Never waste your time doing that. Jesus didn't, when the rich young ruler walked off, Jesus didn't go, wait, wait, uh, 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 never mind, uh, uh, you don't understand, uh, I like you, don't you like me? Listen. Jesus knew some people would want what he had and some people wouldn't. You've got to know the same thing. Your kids have to know the same thing. You never waste your time trying to lead people who ain't following. Because for every one of them, there are five who need what you have. That's who you were brought down on this earth for. So your kids need to know you were brought down to serve. God has given you this great gift and somebody needs it. You've got to find those people who need that. It puts them in a whole different realm. 
You st there are still people, there are adults who are walking around just dying for somebody to like them. And they will do anything in order to get one little word of approval. They're pitiful. They need to know in Christ they have a gift to give. That's why they're here. They're here to give. So your kids need to be taught at this age. Man, you're not a taker, you're a giver. You're not a needer, you're a leader. See, they need to be taught to. Oh, I'm telling you, I get pumped up about this. Okay, and then the fourth thing, the this, this spiritual temptation. This is so strong at this age because you see most kids, a lot of kids who have not been discipled don't have a very strong relationship with the Lord. And so everything looks more important than God at this stage. And everything looks ultimately important. I mean so important that, that a kid almost worships it, you know. Uh, 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 a kid almost uh, um, um, would do anything to achieve in a, in a given area other than their area uh, with God. Here's what they need to hear, though. They need to hear the voice of grace that says the only one that can give you what you need to be joyful, to be strong, to be giving, is God. That's why that Ephesians 6.4 passage says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Because the Lord is the only one that can do this. He's the only one that can bring them through those temptations of all of those voices that tell them what they're not. What they're not. Do you know that's the entire mentality of a middle schooler? A middle schooler defines him or herself by what they're not. They, they say, they, they, most of, the, most of the, what, they, what they say is, I hate this. I, I hate that way, way of dressing. I hate that television program. I hate that kind of music. I hate the going here. I don't like, you know, so on and so forth. Their whole definition is what they're not. That is Satan's definition of them. That's not God's definition of them. God's definition of them is what they are. Turn back to that Matthew passage one more time. Most people miss this, but I don't want you ever to miss it because your kids need to hear it. I want you to see the last words. I want you to hear the last words that Jesus heard before he went into the wilderness to be tempted. Look at chapter 3, verse 17. And behold, a voice out of the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. How did Jesus withstand the temptations of Satan? He heard this voice. He heard this voice. Over and over and over again. When times were the roughest, he could hear, This is my Son, my beloved in whom I am well pleased. Your kids need to hear this voice continually, continually. And if they can't hear it from God, they've got to hear it from you. And when it doesn't look like they're receiving it, don't you believe it because they are receiving it. Just as people in a physical coma many times can continue to hear the voices even though they can't respond, I want to tell you, many of the times that your kids are clamming up, and it, it looks like they've tuned out the world. They need to hear that voice of grace that says, I believe in you. You're my son. You're my daughter in whom I am well pleased. We're going to get through this. God's going to make it okay. 
And even if they have absolutely no response at all, I want to guarantee you they hear that. And that's the voice that will come back to them when they need it the most. That's the grace of God. You know, grace, I hope that you understand, grace is not just God making up for what we have not been. I mean, it is that. All of us say, God, I can't pay for my own sins. Would you please pay for the difference? And he does. And that's grace. But grace is a much more powerful instrument. Grace is a creator of faith. Grace is a, grace is a strength. Grace is a molder of people. And so they need this voice of grace to understand and to, to eventually see the grace of God in their life that is made of their life what they could not make themselves. And if, if they continue to hear that voice, no matter what you've done wrong, no matter how you failed as a parent, and believe me, I continue to look back and go, Ugh, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, Ugh, I wish I hadn't said it. My main failure, by the way, was being unsympathetic. I'm such a driver. I am such a football coach, you know? Yeah, you're hurting. Well, tape it up and get back in the game. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, people go, oh, man, dad, oh, come on, you know? And I just, I just wasn't sympathetic enough. But I tell you what, I always told the boys, and so did Beck, you guys are unbelievable. You're great. God's made you in such a way. What a blessing you're going to be. See? Until a couple of weeks ago, I, I was talking to one of my kids, and, and, uh, and uh, he, he's gone through an emotional thing, you know, something went, and he didn't, in a direction he didn't think it was going to go, and he's hurting. And so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get better. You know, I always want to get better at this sensitivity stuff and, you know, feeling stuff. I want to, you know, I want to. So, so I said, oh, you know, I said, boy, that must hurt. Yeah, it does hurt. That hurts me to hear about it. Yeah. Man, you must really feel bad. He started laughing because he knows this is entirely, he's never even heard these words from me. <laughs> he knows what I'm trying to do, you know. He's, he said, Dad, he said, you know God and you know me. I always come out of these things stronger. I always come out better. That's faith. That's what you want your kids to have. This statement of faith that says, even though I'm hurting and even though the pain is real, God is going to use this for good because he loves me and I'm called according to his purpose. That is an indestructible kid. That's a kid of faith. 